Kowalski, your host. I'm an executive coach, entrepreneur, crazy dog person, and health and fitness junkie extraordinaire. Welcome to another episode of the Leader Spotlight. On today's episode, I'm really excited that we'll be talking with Amber Bradner. She is lead facilitator with Absolute Sum, and you're in for a treat today. We're going to be talking about the power of communities of the future, engagement, diversity, and inclusion. But first, I'm going to welcome my co-host, Ms. Annie Brown. She is joining us today. Annie is a blogger. She's a creative genius and a marketing guru. Welcome, Annie. (laughs) Hi, Annette. I'm going to have to get used to that intro. It's very flattering. (laughs) I know, the creative guru. I like that. (laughs) So, Annie, you are really big in a lot of communities, and it's probably a lot of uh, your generation um, and engagement. So, since that is our topic today, share um, maybe the latest community you become involved in or maybe one you're really passionate about. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny because it's, it's a community that you're in, Annette. Uh, it's the, the women in tech community. Because um, when, when I was in school, you know, I never really thought of myself as a, a techie per se. I really love technology, but then getting into marketing and branding for all these, you know, startups, I've really started connecting with all the different types of women that are on all sorts of different levels in, in tech. And it's just such a supportive community. And also Amber, I worked with and, and got kind of involved in uh, women in blockchain, which is fascinating. Um, I, I was actually a speaker at one of the past uh, absolute some hackathons and yeah, it just, it's a very supportive community and just a lot of really smart women that, you know, are helping support other women get to where they want to be. So that's, that's definitely a community that, you know, if you're a woman and in tech and not really involved in, uh, definitely, you know, reach out on Facebook, on Instagram, there's all sorts of communities everywhere, um, kind of popping up and, and just great, great people with great connections. Well, that's great because the three of us are going to be on a podcast and we've all connected through, a community we've been engaged in, and so yeah. that's going to show we're demonstrating the power of community right here. Right, exactly. So, well, good. Well, we um, are very interested for you listening to reach out and leave a review. Any, you want to talk a little bit about? about oh yeah, that? if you know, uh, if you like this episode, be sure to leave a review. It's a small thing, but it makes a big difference for us and lets us, you know, continue to bring you guys interesting and uh, informative content. Yeah, and share maybe a power of community you're involved in. That'd be great. Okay, well, let's get to our spotlight today. So Amber Bradner is with us. She is, like I said, the lead facilitator with Absolute Sum. She has a very diverse background that I cannot wait to get into. She has expertise in innovation, inclusion, and diversity, which are really big buzzwords now, and community engagement, blockchain. She held a position of chief experience officer. I want that title. Um, and she was co-founder of that company as well with Trippin Incorporated. But Amber, I want to know, I want to start with how did you go from Purdue University to being a registered nurse to now being the lead facilitator at Absolute Sum? Hi. Uh, Yeah, um, sometimes I don't tell people that I was a nurse because it confuses them so much. Um, And, you know, we, we tend to 
you know, hear one part of somebody's story and kind of frame the possibilities of who they are around that oftentimes I find. So, um, it, it's interesting, you know, for me, I feel like I've lived some different multiple lives almost within this life because, uh, so much of my early life was so different. Um, and I guess maybe this is still early life. Um, but I, went to school for nursing. I went to Purdue University. Uh, I started taking classes at night in high school and stuff. And I just wanted so badly to like be stable and have a, you know, career that would just, um, be of service, but also be something that I could depend on. And, you know, it was very practical and, um, just made this decision out of what I knew of life at the time, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I chose that path and I went to school, uh, got my associates first. And so by the time I was 20, I was actually working as an RN in the ICU, um, in East Chicago, Indiana. And as I was you know, working, I went back to school to finish my bachelor's. And, uh, so I was in there doing the job and working for the bachelor's thinking I was going to go back to school for my master's. Maybe, you know, I had my whole life written out on a napkin, you know, kind of thing. I'm like, okay, by 27, this will happen. And, you know, so I had this very, uh, oh yeah, I've got this under control kind of feeling. Uh, and so I was, I was in school and, um, it was 2008 and my parents actually were affected by the sort of, um, downfall of our economy and, uh, just, really affected. And so my mom had asked me if I was still considering doing traveling nursing. And I had three siblings still in school at the time. I had bought a house when I was 20 years old for some reason, also in the hometown that I grew up in, which was just a bit away from my mom and my grandma. And so I, I did this, uh, so I worked as a nurse and I, um, just saved everything I made for the first eight months or something and put a down payment on. And, uh, so okay. it was well, a blessing. Say, you're not a typical 20 year old, but that's impressive. I like, that's great. <laughs> a lot about you. <laughs> yeah, it was, I was really, I don't even know, you know, people ask like, well, what, what was it that drove you? You know, if you kind of look at my town and where I came from and as oldest of five kids, I don't, it's just, um, there's sometimes there's just a force behind us. I think all of us have it and it can access it. And sometimes it's really strong. And also some of my decisions were made of fear. They weren't all made out of this, you know, Oh, I'm really confident and strong. And so I'm going to buy this house. Like it was also out of just, you know, um, it was a decision made out of limited knowledge also. Right. And so there are all these things that I look back and I'm like, okay, but I think there's a cosmic way about it all because as my parents needed the help, um, I was able to go and move to San Diego, California. I finished my bachelor's like, and distance learning was just kind of picking up. They offered all the courses that I had for my last semester there. And I, um, did the, the end of my degree. And I did travel nursing for, uh, Scripps hospital out in Encinitas. And the lady on the phone told me I was in Indiana and I was talking to her. I remember her saying, uh, yeah, it's this beautiful beach town, you know, like old, like set, like 60, 70 surf vibe, you know, just people hanging out, beautiful, like yoga everywhere and all this I got there and it was just so perfect. And I didn't know what I didn't know, you know, and that, that became apparent then. So I had worked as a nurse for four and a half years there in San Diego. 
and I stayed, I stayed after the travel assignment cause I fell in love with it and, um, found a really strong community there. And then I had a car accident, um, one night after a 12 hour shift after three 12 hour shifts. And, um, oh. I was driving home and, uh, my axle and my front axle like broke and, uh, spun out and I was actually spared, but my car was totaled and, um, it was just really like one of those eye opening kind of, you know, miracle moments, I guess, cause I really didn't understand how I was okay, but nobody saw it. And, uh, I think that's one of the secrets to miracles is, that, you know, if we see things, we have to believe them and, um, like yeah. we're limited by our beliefs. So, but yes, yeah, so I left, <laughs> sorry, this is a long winded story, but this is my life story. Um, and it's like a pivotal, <laughs> this is like the crux <laughs> of my transition of, you know, into entrepreneurship, which was just basically that I, I got out of this car accident. I was okay. Um, I found myself feeling like I was driving to a job that wasn't using all of me anymore. And I had been feeling that way for maybe a year because I had gotten involved with maybe not because, but one of the things I noticed is I got involved with Ted talks with TEDx. And, uh, for that last year of my nursing career, I was volunteering with that organization. I just found, wow, there's all these people out there trying to change things for the better, like at the front of it and um, believing in really big ideas and pursuing those things. And it just really inspired me. And I felt like I had met people that I had been waiting to meet, you know, my whole life. And so, um, so yeah, so I, it took a couple months for it all to sink in and to fit together all the pieces, uh, to be revealed. But, I basically, uh, decided to quit my job at the time. I gave them notice and I just, uh, asked people where I should go. I wanted to travel. I had never been really, um, much outside of the country. And, uh, I had worked so hard, you know, as I had told you in my early twenties. And so, um, I traveled for, I decided to go to South America. I, uh, are you still there? You got me. Yeah, <laughs> oh, did, yeah, okay. It's a, just yeah. start over with the, you decided to go to South America for Okay. Us. Yeah. So, so I had asked people where I should go and I was told Quito, Ecuador was a great place and it was much like very still, um, just something to be discovered. Right. And so I went and I wanted to learn Spanish. And so I took uh, courses at a language school there and I traveled for about nine months and I had a friend meet me and, uh, got really into something that had been a hobby, which was video production. And that, uh, we, we started just filming all the time and we did things for this website called pop tent that used to be, you could submit videos for brands. Um, we just, just this journey just sort of took on a life of its own. And it was probably only three months into it when I realized that I couldn't go back I couldn't go backwards. I couldn't go back and pick up a job as a traveling nurse. It just didn't feel right because I was finding that I didn't really know. I wasn't using all of me and I didn't know those parts of me that were there that were waiting to be used. And so. Well, what I, I love is that you, you gave yourself permission or had the courage to go down that path. I think there's so many people, and this is why I love the podcast we do, because it really explores, it explores the story behind the leader. And so you gave yourself permission and also had the courage to just jump out 
And if you wouldn't have been exploring, you might not have found that. So I love that. Well, yeah, I think we're so often trying to know, right? Like we really, we want to know what's next. And I was okay with not knowing for a little bit. And maybe I wasn't even okay with it, but it just happened that I didn't know anything at the time. Like, okay. And then I felt like, man, I could do this. I love this. I love creating and telling stories and how powerful stories are. And that's what I realized I was so connected to is this way that we connect. And, um, and I also realized like, man, through the internet, through all the things that we have now, we can create with everyone around the world. Um, for the most part, I mean, exactly. and the power and the power and the limitations of that too. Right. And so those who you can't connect with what that means that they're not part of. So all this stuff was just waking up and, um, I was just like, I need to know how to build websites so that all these videos we're making can be there. And so I started doing that and, uh, anyways, got back to San Diego and was just like in an identity crisis of sorts. And, um, mm-hmm worked with the TEDx people and just found myself uh, connecting with this gentleman, Brent Cooper, who runs this group called Moves the Needle. And he had just finished a book called The Lean Entrepreneur. And I just remember how important it was meeting him because um, at the time I was like, okay, I'm a producer. I'm doing these things. And I really identified with and found comfort in um, entrepreneurship and that it was okay to to just constantly, you know, to be on the lookout for the next great thing and to be creating. So I love that. I have two 21 year old girls, daughters, and there's so much pressure on young people to define just like you did. I'm going to go to school. I'm going to be a nurse and it's, you know, playing out and know. And if you don't know what that passion is and, and half the people that they don't even know, they're not exposed to what even is out there. So I think it's great. You know, you're a great model for that for a lot of us and, and even someone my age to really think about jumping out and doing something different. And and the, that's why this power of community mm-hmm. is so interesting to me because there's there's more options. There's things that you can do. You can teach yourself. You can join communities. Um, and there's so many people out there that are willing to help. So I want to jump in. Thank you for sharing that. I think that helps us know a little bit more about you, but I want to jump into our topic today and kind of really hear your thoughts. Um, let's start with the inclusion and diversity and that I know a lot of organizations are talking about diversity and inclusion, Um, but let's start out. How do you define that? What's a definition or what can we work off from today to really define what that means? Well, I mean, I think inclusion and diversity often is put into these limiting or more stereotypical aspects of ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. And the thing is, I think that it's honoring the inclusion and diversity of perspective. And if we look at all the things that we wear as uh, the human mask of skin, the costume that's over our soul, um, you know, all of those are going to have defining characteristics and those are going to also influence our perspective in some way, most likely. Right. Um, so I feel like it's really an inclusion of perspective, diversity of perspective, and all of us represent these differences. So yeah, I, I'd like to just work from this place of it being about perspective, um, more so, but 
yeah, I, I just, I feel like, uh, we also tend to bucket it into a separate conversation mm-hmm. yes. and that's the part that really bothers me, I guess, about it all is like, I feel like we're not progressing because we continue to separate all of these conversations into micro conversations that become echo chambers of people trying to find each other. Um, when really what we need to do is ask the panel of investors who has no female representative on their board or on their team of partners, or perhaps they're having trouble finding women to invest in, mm-hmm. you know, and have these conversations that tend to be panels on inclusion and diversity or separate conversations with the people who are trying to, you know, not save themselves, but, you know, advocate for themselves, really. We need people that are the ones on the other side to be engaged. And so, yeah, I think that there's just, um, there's definitely better ways to go about, you know, the, the effort. And I think that, you know, finding the ways that it all fits together, really, because there's a place for, for all of it. There's a place for that introductory sort of conversation, Hmm. Yeah. Sort of, you know, so, sometimes there needs to be that organization that's specifically like a safe place for that person, for that group, right, for that demographic. But the work that I'm trying to do and that I am inspired by is this, you know, collaboration. This uh, bringing all these different groups together and really making that effort of having those diverse perspectives in it. Um, and it just is getting out of the old way of thinking, like a very binary way of thinking, I think is, is the thing. Yeah. It's like, we need to break the binary, right? If it's not a, yeah. if it's not a he versus she, if it's not, you know, any other <laughs> binary example you can think of, then you have to talk about it more intelligently. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we, we get the binary piece and we get things to a certain level and there's a much deeper, and I think maybe perspective may be a good word to put on. There's a much deeper level of that inclusion that we miss. Um, And I think, um, you know, I I think when we look at diversity, I think a lot of times what we really mean is inclusion more so than, and I think we get stuck on that diversity side and, you know, wanting it to look a certain way when really the inclusion, and that's why I love that you've connected connected that to the power of community because I think community is really the way you can engage um, a lot of different perspectives and you can include people and um, you can really look at what communities will look like in the future for an organization, for just you personally and how you might connect. So talk a little bit about just that the power of community and, and what, what you see as those global communities of the future? Well, I mean, for one, I'm super excited about the sort of, uh, you know, global citizen, nomadic entrepreneur, what, whatever you want to kind of call that. There's all sorts of, of names for it, but really people that are uh, like geo-independent, right? And mm-hmm. so there's all these communities and services within those communities uh, that are coming up, you know, like Outsight is one that Annie and I both have connected with. And um, I just love, you know, that they're really thinking about uh, the optimization of 
of life, lifestyle and bringing people together where they're still independently able to work, but they have, you know, this, uh, this community really. And it, and it carries on. It's not just behind those walls. It goes out. All of these things ripple out into the world. And so I just, I find that there's all these microcosms, um, within, uh, community now. And so it's really cool to see, uh, things like outside general assembly, you know, all these, all these more, uh, I guess like focus, they're focused on educating, right? That's still a community of people that are connecting outside of that initial uh, connection point. So I've actually been working on a platform um, the last uh, year and we have a uh, sprint right now, actually uh, that's tripping. And uh, we have a a sprint this week and next in uh, New Hampshire Um, and, uh, we're all coming together and the whole objective is really looking at, you know, all these communities have values that they have defined and they are specific to this one, you know, this group of people. Um, and then there's overlapping values with other communities. And I think where we're at now in terms of futures, in terms of its collaboration, it's finding this, uh, where the pieces fit together and it's focused on integration. And so, with that, you know, how do you honor the individuality of a community and then yet still serve the function of making like genuine organic connections and keep people connected past that point of uh, initial excitement, you know, when they met. Um, and so communities are temporary sometimes. Sometimes they're long lasting, like this dinner I go to in New York City with uh, this bookstore owner uh, who I mentioned Um <laughs> as a, a really important person, but yeah, this group of people that get together and have these dinners for over 20 something years, every Friday night and comedians who were blacklisted, you know, and, uh, cold war and just, um, like, I mean, everyone just crazy. And so you, you connect with these people and you're just like in this wormhole experience. And that's what I love about, uh, you know, about these things. It's just like, there's so many, and I met Jim, this man who I'm mentioning because I worked with an, a community called overnight that was last, last minute stays with local hosts. And I was in New York and, and I, connected with a woman that I met in a community that, um, Greg Horowitz, uh, with T2 Ventures and, um, he works with UCSD a lot. He hosted this global innovation summit and I connected with a woman there, um, who I found fascinating and was just, she was writing a book. And so she said, let's do this interview in the back of this bookstore. Anyways, all of these things just like overlap, you know, and I find that that's just so exciting to see like, what's this golden thread in my life? Who are all these people that are brought in as, you know, we're all leading our own story and what is this bigger story that's unfolding? And so I'm just really curious to understand it more. And I guess that's my desire around connecting people and connecting communities in a meaningful way, you know? You know, it's interesting. Um, I, I have a Rolodex, which a lot of people may not even know what that is. But back in my day, how we connected in the networking we did, you know, you would keep somebody's business card or write out on a card that went into this Rolodex that was on your desk. And we didn't have address books. We didn't even have cell phones. But what's really cool about power of the community's engagement is 
you know, for you to find your wormhole experience in the dinner parties would not have happened if you were, had to be at a certain place at a certain time. But because of these global communities or technology, you know, you're able to connect in ways that, that are really unreal. And I am outside, you know, I've been connected with as well, but I spoke at this remote work summit in Guatemala and Annie cool. kind of knows that's a whole that's a whole conversation and experience. I was there when the um, volcano went off. Yeah, so that would whole, be a good podcast episode. That would in be itself. A, yes, that would be one in itself. But I met a person there. I'm from Oklahoma. I met a person from Toronto whose largest client is in Oklahoma, and my office building is in the same parking lot, same parking as um, her client. And it, 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 what is so crazy, which is now leading us to probably working with her in another company. So these, the power of engagement in these communities, I mean, you just really never know where they're going to lead. If it leads to, you know, work, something work-related, something like you, where you connect with a passion or down a path you hadn't explored. Um, you know, I think, I think that's what's, what's really, really interesting about them. Well, yeah, and it's it's so cool that it's always been there, you know, um, serendipity and uh, sort of synchronicity, right? Mm-hmm. And so all the tools that we have now that can map that and sort of even optimize for that sometimes, I guess the question is, um, you know, is the magic still there if it's done through some interface? And uh, I think that we have to leave room for the natural magic, you know, we need to leave room for that and not try to control it so much, but, you know, recognize when it's there. And then these tools are able to sort of capture that moment and make it so that we can continue to stay in touch around things that matter to us. And um, Annie and I actually kind of serendipitously met. I was in San Diego when I met her and didn't even realize she was there. We started on the phone. She reached out to me sort of, uh, <laughs> this was a while back, uh, just like through LinkedIn, I think, or something. And she's like, I really like what you're doing. I find you really interesting. Would you be down to have a talk? And so we had this call scheduled and then we were like, we're both in San Diego. I mentioned driving <laughs> down the five. And then we're like, do you want to just talk? Do you want to just get together? Because, um, you know, it just seems like we'd have a lot to talk about. <laughs> so, so. Yeah, I think it was actually for the podcast because I was looking for people, you know, that would be good to talk to on the podcast. And then, you know, that was months ago before we even started started the podcast. And now we've connected on all sorts of things. And and yeah, and I think also that was my maybe through outside as well. So it's it's just amazing the the connections you meet. And the Nambers introduced me to all sorts of really cool people that I've you know, gotten connections with in, you know, in business and just, you know, beyond. So, yeah, I think, I think sometimes when we're in this technical space, we can think that, you know, connections are, are just emails and, you know, we're just kind of, uh, I guess, what would the word be a little like avatars on the screen, but really I just, it's, it's quite amazing that these connections you make just form, form these webs. And I just think you can't, you can't underestimate the powers of community and just putting yourself out there and being willing to meet new people in, in anything you're doing. Yeah. Well, and that is a great segue, Annie, to um, courage. Cause I really want to kind of talk a little bit about courage and Amber, you, you know, you, you know, you spoke so calmly about your experience and your background and how you went from nursing. But, you know, if you really think about what it took to do, 
some of the decisions and things that you did, you know, just traveling for nine months and exploring and not knowing what's next, you know, that would take a lot of courage, but talk a little bit about just courage and, and what it might look like and how can we help, you know, others that are here with us really understand what's a step they can take in just conquering that fear and moving past the, and having the courage to move past it. Yeah. Well, I think that it sounds courageous, you know, to go and leave and and not be in the known. But I think the truth is I was honoring my truth, you know, and that was the courageous part of it. And that's actually what courage is, is, is hearing your own intuition, hearing your truth and honoring that. And that might mean speaking up courageously, right? Like seeing something that is unjust and saying it, that's not okay. That's not right. I won't allow this to happen, you know, and not just watching it and kind of cowering and then feeling uncomfortable with yourself. So courage to be in alignment with yourself and then to do the work that's required to honor that because we can hear the truth a lot of times and then not live that right. Yeah. We'll find an excuse or a rationalization. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's self-limiting. We self-limit ourselves a lot just by not honoring that. Yeah. I mean, I I think it's, it's really, um, it takes so much courage to just, uh, to be an authentic human. (laughs) Honestly, like it's, it's, it's work. It's really work to be here. It's work to be here and to like, to try to do it well and to do it in a way where you're honoring everyone in your path. You know, when you're really, when you're looking to like serve your communities and to honor yourself and be in alignment with yourself, right. And to be courageous enough to follow all of that. And it's all those other things too, the discipline and perseverance, you know, but yeah, I think that we just have to, I don't know, with courage, it feels like it really, you know, Brene Brown and the talk on vulnerabilities, right. Mm -hmm. I mean, she really, really nails it there in, in a big way. And I think that we have to just keep on, you know, celebrating what is courage and that sometimes it's also, it's quiet courage and it's not always, um, something that's celebrated the, the small wins in our lives, you know, um, well, hopefully somebody is listening and they're going to be empowered and encouraged to step out and kind of honor that truth or move to something different, try something, or maybe at the least just engage in a community that would support something for them. So that's, that's what I hope your story can help somebody, somebody do. Anything else um, before we move to who's your four? Anything else you want to add, Amber? Um, Well, I guess just that, you know, everything right now that I'm working on is, is kind of the way that I feel like the work in the world that I'm here to do. And that's through Trippin and that's through Absolute Sum. And those things are kind of all that I have been doing lately. And um, I find it really important to get into nature. So if you haven't been outside and looked at trees lately, um, do that (laughs) and uh, enjoy, enjoy, you know, letting your brain uh, rewire a little and see some new things. So (laughs) I did that. I mean, I just got back from Colorado. My son got married um, in the mountains. So I've just been back from nature. So 
that it does. It does give you, we talked about perspective earlier. I think that really does help perspective. Yeah, it's a powerful thing. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So you have, um, if people are really wanting to know more about you, we have amberbradner.com. We'll have a lot of these resources for you. There's also the absolutesum.co, right? Is that? Yep. Yeah, that's okay. that website. So there's lots to follow your work. Um, I know I'm really fascinated. We'll have to have you back on and we'll just talk about blockchain. Like blockchain <laughs> yeah. for dummies will be my version and then we could do that. Well, one note on that. It's super, communities go hand in hand with blockchain and it's a very powerful, you know, if you think about network effect and these things. So it is really something interesting to think about. That's all I'll say about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's a, okay, we're gonna, we'll put you back on the on the list to talk to about that. For sure. Okay, so I like to end our show with, um, you know, the saying, show me your closest four friends or mentors and I'll show you your future. So I like to end with who's your four. So tell us who are your four people kind of in your circle that really okay. have impacted you. All right, so I would say first uh, my mother um, Yvonne, because she is, uh, one of the kindest and most compassionate and just, um, you know, (sighs) empathetic people that I've ever met. Mm -hmm. And so she's just really, um, taught me so much. And I think that, you know, her energy and life force has like really was passing on some good stuff to me. So I really am grateful for all of her encouragement and, uh, I just find her to be such an inspiration and I continue to learn from her. Um, okay, love I, men- that. <laughs> um, I mentioned Jim Drugas, who's uh, the owner of the unoppressive non-imperialistic bargain bookstore of Greenwich village. And he is a kindred spirit to me when I met him. Um, he is, he's just somebody that just continues to give to the world. And his bookshop is the best curated selection of philosophers, women rights, uh, music, you know, everything that feeds your soul is there. And, uh, he lives that life and he is just an amazing person who, um, has seen really beautiful things in me as well and pointed those out to me. And I really appreciate the perspective and the mirror that he is in my life. Um, I would say as well, uh, there's a woman, Lolita Taub, who I think uh, Annie knows as well. And I just really appreciate her. Um, she's an amazing leader. She's uh, now works with Backstage Capital, and she's a female in tech that has been just continuing to, to push um, for for deeper conversation, but also for action, right? And so she hasn't been afraid to to call things out for me and to just be a bold, um, voice for me to just reckon. Right. And to, um, Mm -hmm. I think it's really important that we have people in our lives that push us. And so I really appreciate Lolita for that. And we connected through global shapers and, um, all the work that we got to do, um, together in terms of serving our communities and, and creating together and, uh, finding, you know, the qualities in ourselves and our community to lift up. It was really uh, just a beautiful experience. And so I really appreciate her and wish her the best of luck. And then um, 
Erin Moon Cantwell, who I've been working with and have known for a number of years, who is uh, co-facilitating Absolute Sum with me and his work in uh, the new masculine and all the facilitation that he's done with groups to help tap into their authentic self and also to honor the practices of ancient wisdom cultures um, and all the things that, you know, we we might be doing now that we don't even realize come from someplace else, um, from people a long time before us. And he just brings that, um, perspective and, uh, a really beautiful balance for me. Um, so yeah, those are my top four. Your top four. All right. Well, thank you for sharing. So I, I'm going to ask you, you get a bonus question. So okay. not everybody that comes on gets a bonus question. <laughs> but your bonus question is, what is a must-read book for us? Oh, uh, there's one that I absolutely love. It's older, um, but it's not to be missed. And it's called uh, The Art of Possibility. And it's by Benjamin and Rosamund Zander. Um, and Benjamin Zander, there's a TED Talk by him um, from quite a while back, but he is a, he was a conductor of the Philharmonic Orchestra, and he he just does a they do a beautiful job in the way that it's written and it's tossed back and forth between the two. I think if I ever you know co-write, I think that's I have read that. Style. Okay, so I yes. love that, and I love the, just the elucidation of everything that he says and how beautiful that is. Um, was was he the professor? And he talked about working with the people in the orchestra and. Um, the, the, his students, and that's where they go back and forth. Is that the book? Yeah, and he kind of moves the audience to go through this whole experimentation of what music is and how, you know, how listening to classical music, um, the whole exercise is kind of around the attention to each note and all of this. And so just noticing the little things in that. Um, it's probably from 2008 or nine, maybe even. Um, uh, that's a good, that's a good recommendation. Yeah, it's just really beautiful, and it really meant a lot to me. I think the um, the artist way I have right right now, I have that sitting out again, and that book, I've gone to it a few times. There's like a few that are just like you go back to them, you know. And those are the books I I used to buy books at the used bookstore for like a dollar each. There were several, you know, The Alchemist or something, or um, mm-hmm. but, you know, uh, Conversations with God or Celestine Prophecy. And there were all these yes. books that I had, and I would <laughs> stack them up, and I would have like literally stacks of these books and give them away to people, friends of mine. And so it was really interesting. I just found it. Like, like, why not? They're a dollar. <laughs> That's good. Those are good gifts. <laughs> Those are good gifts. So, well, Amber, thank you so much for taking time to join us today. And we will have you back. Thanks to everyone that listens. here thank you for listening to this episode of leaders spotlight make sure to visit our website annetteklazowski.com forward slash leaders spotlight where you can find resources mentioned on this show as well as past episodes check for new episodes of leaders spotlight every friday or better yet subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode you can also follow us on instagram at leaders spotlight 